0: physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited that Shelley Starks has decided to come back and be another guest on the show again. Uh, We had her earlier on in season two. So Shelley and I today, we are going to talk about artificial intelligence and communication and translation. Um, Shelley, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what we're going to cover and why it matters to you?
1: Sure. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me back on. I am so happy to be networking with you. Thank you for all the introductions, and I enjoy connecting people with you as well as a resource. Um, So talking a little bit different on the communication side than we were the last time I was here, um, I am working with an organization that specifically is focusing with healthcare um, for an AI translation tool that is Um, 30% more accurate than Google Translate and is 98% accurate. Um, It is HIPAA compliant and we are working with hospitals and doctor's offices all over the country um, to help translate their their content or translate live translation between doctor and patient into 104 languages and 100 dialects. So it's kind of a, it's almost kind of scary, Jeff. Like some of the, some of the stuff it can do. But it's really neat that it's starting to to happen through the AI um, channel. And you know, it's just a matter of time. So it's whether or not you jump on the bandwagon now or you jump on it later.
0: I love it. Now, some of what we're about to talk about is going to be very, very self-evident. So for the viewers, pardon me, I'm asking Shelly questions that I think you need to ask. Uh, If I miss the mark, reach out to Shelly. She's an amazing human. She will answer your questions. Um, But the first question is, why? And this is going to feel really obvious, but I almost feel dumb asking the question. Why would a doctor care about multi support?
1: Well, there's two reasons. Uh, one is from a compliance standpoint. That's probably the most important piece, especially if you are in a hospital setting, if you are discharged, it is by law, they must give you your discharge papers in your native language. And so hospitals spend a lot of time and money trying to have translation services available 24-7 for those patients so that they can you know get them processed through and and get them discharged to go home. So compliance is one issue. But the other issue is, you know, when somebody feels like they're understood or heard from any communication standpoint at all, whether it's a language barrier, a behavioral style, whatever it is, they tend to feel like they can trust you. And so from a doctor's perspective or a nurse perspective, When you've got somebody there and you've got their care in their hands you know when that person feels like they can trust you they're going to be a better patient and the doctor gets to you know build the doctors are just as much in sales as anybody else because they need to make sure that those people want to come back and continue to be a patient at their facility um, and that's what keeps the whole thing going, right, Jeff, like they, they want to be able to get that ref- referral from somebody else and that they want to come back and, and, you know, continue to get care from them. So if somebody feels like you understand them, especially in language, they can give you better information to be a better doctor, get better medical advice based on understanding what's going on with their body.
0: I love that. And let's talk about trust for a minute, because you're a communication expert. Um, If you have that human in the room and they're doing the translation services, as opposed to something, and we'll talk about the logistics in a second. But, you know, if somebody has to pause and wait for someone else and then, you know, how good is that for building trust for that patient, for the doctor?
1: Well, I just think the fact that they're not 100% sure if what is being, you know, translated is accurate information, and then when it comes back to them, translation always has a little bit of, you know, like, is it really accurate? Is it not accurate? And so what I will say is that this technology that we're using is HIPAA compliant, so it is going to protect the information for, for that patient. But obviously, if it was not, um, if it wasn't at 90%, 98% accurate, you'd have to be a little nervous about healthcare advice or giving healthcare consultation, because you want to make sure you don't, you know, mess up the one word for one way or the other for their care, because that could really impact somebody that depending on what they've got going on physically, um, could really impact them possibly for the rest of their life. It's pretty serious.
0: Well, and and that's, again, what's the liability? And I don't know the answer to this, and I don't know if you do, but if I'm a doctor, you're my patient, and the translator says something wrong, and you decline treatment because of whatever the words were, who has the liability in that scenario? I mean, forget
1: the... Yeah, the doctor and the hospital, they all have to, because this is somebody that's on their staff that's, that's, you know, um, doing the translation, but... I mean, it's not as often that they have a translator in the room for them. A lot of times they'll call them and the translator is an employee or a a contractor to the hospital. Um, And we're not eliminating with this AI technology, we're not eliminating those people in those positions as translators because you you still need to have somebody take a peek at like discharge papers and make sure that they're actually accurate based on what the doctor was saying in that language. So, but it just helps them speed up the time that they have for discharge. So think about how hospitals make money. The more people that are in those beds, the quicker they get them turned around, the more money that they make. Um, or, you know, the patients could be, you know, needing to have a different level of care and needing to get to that different level of care, having to get through the discharge there to get to a, a maybe a specialist or something, a little higher, higher need. Um, And the sooner that happens, the better it is for them physically.
0: I love that. Now let's talk about the technology for a minute. And (laughs) for my viewers, this is always about the relationships with people like Shelly first. So if you want to learn more, I'm going to not surprisingly tell you to reach out to Shelly. You know, the, the reality is Shelly's taking her time to share this stuff with us. Um, So I, I, really encouraging people to connect with her and have a conversation. Um, just let her know that you heard about it through me so that she knows you're you're one of my special people and she'll take extra special care. Um, now, Shelly, you were def- describing the technology to me this morning and I, I said, well, whoa, 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 let's just record this. Um, what does this app do? And, and I'm not gonna share the name, but what does the app do and how does it make communication Faster, more reliable, and quite frankly, better.
1: Well, there's several applications for it, and it can be an app. It can be a plug-in on a website. It can be a line of code in the back, um, you know, for a. Uh, a live um, you know, conversation on a phone. So I'll tell you about a couple of the different scenarios. So as it relates to healthcare, so that you know kind of where this could potentially you know, be a benefit to the people that are listening on the healthcare side. Um, so the, the number one thing that everybody always knows about translation service is that it translates text, right? It translates anything in a document. So this product can actually absolutely do that in a matter of seconds. That's not a big deal. Um, but on the on the side for videos, sometimes where video content has already been pre-recorded, it's really challenging for a translation service to be able to translate that video post recording. This technology will allow you to do that. So if you've got patient videos, if you've got tutorials that you're needing, if you need to give post you know surgery instructions, if you've been using any of those things from a video content stand- standpoint, it translates those in seconds and puts the text into 104 languages and hundred dialects. <clears throat> so that's pretty significant. The other application is that you can actually use it in call centers. So most people don't even understand this. This is huge because of offshore talent that they're utilizing in the call center and the, you know not being able to understand them for scheduling. That's frustrating for everybody on both sides. Um, But this technology actually lets you plug in to the actual, as an API, plug into the phone system and will live translate based on picking up on that dialect or that language and the dialect on the phone, which there is no selection of a a language. It just picks up on it. It actually even has the tonality to some degree of the person on the other line, which is kind of scary. But again, it's coming. Um, And the important part here is to note that none of this information leaves the actual server of the company that has a subscription. So no patient information, no patient demographic, no social security numbers, any of those things that could be very, very heavily regulated, especially through HIPAA, does not happen. It stays on that server. Um, another application is you can utilize the plugin in Outlook that will allow you to select. You can write your email and it will allow you to select a language because you know the patient's language. It will auto translate for you and then send it out to that that patient. Um, obviously, when someone replies back in their language, you can just submit it right back through the tool and it will translate it back to English for you. Um, another application, if you don't mind me continuing on here, Jeff, oh, no. I know if, on and on. but. Um, there's actually a, um, the subscription holder, um, say a hospital can put this, um, plug-in on their actual website and there's a a patented technology that picks up on the device language that is looking at the website. So when you register, when you start up a, a new phone, your phone actually asks you to select a language and whatever the language is that your phone that you elected when you set your phone up to begin with will be the language that that website gets translated to automatically you're not going to have to select a change in the in the language you're not going to have to wait for it it is just going to automatically load for you to be able to see that now on the flip side on the consumer side the consumer can also purchase this as a as a tool for their for their um their plug-in on their computer, and that way, any language, any website they go to, it will auto-translate it for them as a consumer.
0: Very cool.
1: <clears throat> the last piece I think that's important is the patient, the doctor to patient um, communication. So, basically, we've set it up to where the doctor can come in with his device have a QR code on the device. The patient will scan the QR code. The patient will be taken to a portal that's a secure portal again. And the doctor can talk into that portal. It will automatically audio change it for him. So it turns into an auto audio message in the language of the device that the the client has. And then it will also do it in text. And then when the patient sends back a message it auto translates it back to the language of the of the doctor
0: I love that and I think you know so you were talking about some some cool statistics we're going to go into the the numbers of this um, but how big a deal is this you know for the average doctor hospital how many languages are they dealing with on a daily basis and what are the three big languages well, it
1: depends on where you are demographically, to be honest. So, um, so obviously, South Miami is going to have different, you know, language and dialects than maybe North Dakota is going to. Um, but you know, it's really surprising because um, a lot of a lot of businesses, and especially you know, larger um, medical facilities, they take a lot of time and a lot of money goes into understanding the demographic that's coming to their website because they want to make sure they're marketing appropriately to them mm-hmm. and that they are they are you know being a custom you know customizing things based on the, on that demographic so that they drive more business, right? That's where the ROI comes from. Well, we've had a, a recent study with, and I won't share who it was, but it was a university that we had a recent study with, and they actually were absolute that they knew exactly what top three languages were coming through on their website, where people were coming and looking at their website. We asked if we could do a you know, a 30-day trial, 15 to 30-day trial on on their website. So we don't gather any of that information other than what the language is. But we could give them some demographic information. And the most shocking part, Jeff, was the top three languages they had, two of them, were not their top three languages. They (laughs) actually had two other languages. They only had one language that was in the top three out of the demographic information that we had collected over that time period. So you have to think that that could be really changing their return they could be really changing their their income coming in as a university for people all over the world that are wanting to take online courses it's the same thing for people coming to you for healthcare. you know you could be missing a demographic that you don't even know is is out there that's trying to connect with you and come to you as a as a an actual facility or as a doctor
0: and just let's back up half a step. If somebody is, let's say they pick their top three languages and they're hiring a translator, um, what's the rough cost of a translator? Because you're you're literally going to have, in this case, two thirds of your people not actively serving your top demographics.
1: So we have a, f- a hospital that just came on board in central Florida. Um, not too long ago, maybe about two months ago. And we were able to go in, they were spending about $130,000 a month in translation services, a month in translation services. And with this new tool, this new AI translation tool, we were able to get them down in the 80, right around the $80,000 a month range. Um, And they're getting more services. They don't have to, again, they don't have to eliminate their, translation you know group it's just going to help them turn these things around quicker so now they're starting to be able to see more patients have more p- patients come through bill more bill more with the insurance obviously that is where that's how they make their money so this is just making them more effective and more efficient but it's also helping them with a huge cost savings
0: i love that and i think that's to me if you You know, if you're in a community, whether you're a hospital, university, what have you, um, you serve that community. And then over time, that community might change. You know, do you have to find new people, new staff? You know, do you turn over or do you find new technology that allows you to serve your existing people and your new people better? So,
1: yeah. Well, and something you just mentioned, Jeff, that made me think of this. You know, this is not just an external, you know, thing to patients. It's also an actual external or internal thing with your actual, you know, staff. So we want to talk about the hot topic of DEI, diversity and inclusion. You know, we have to realize that when we hire different demographic people, we have to make sure that we can provide them their training material and their language we need obviously they may need to be able to you know speak english to to work at that facility but everyone learns better when they hear their information in their native language so if you're able to convert that because you know you have a 30% spanish speaking demographic now they're actually consuming that much quicker your liabilities go down because they understand the processes more around you know around the facility and and it's it's actually you know making you compliant on the DEI side.
0: I love that, and I think again without extra big investment, extra big costs, um, but just thinking about it, you know, I big fan of diversity and inclusion, but a lot of companies look at it and say, "Oh my God, how do we possibly you know, it's cost prohibitive to create materials for everybody." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I recognize, and, and I think this is an opportunity. Um, you know, yes, the any technology that does this sort of work is going to be, you know, 99% accurate or something. Um, how inclusive is it when your team is getting to say, um, "There's a, an error here," or "God, I'd never used that word," or, you know, "Why didn't we say it this way?" Um, but you're building that collaboration because it's not you know, the the English manual, you know, and up in Canada, everything's either English or French. Um, you're not reading that if that's not your pr- principal language.
1: Right. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's certain time periods where they have to um, make sure that they're staying compliant throughout the, the year that they're there. So once a year, you got to do all your standard, you know, your standard videos on sexual harassment and you know, not taking money and all of the different things that that go into play for a regular, you know, um, a regular employee. But now that you've got it in a a language where they can understand it, they're signing off on that. And they're literally taking the liability saying, yes, I read this and I agree to not do these things. As opposed to maybe it could be, you know, taken in court, it could be well, it wasn't in their language, so they didn't quite understand the the full capacity of of the risk there.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's important because when you're learning languages, the first thing we learn is you know how to read and write, and then to speak it. Um, the very last thing, the mastery of language, is when we learn to think it. And if you're training people, um, you know, I I work with a lot of training departments, and. I can see the people struggling because their, their certification or training is in English. And, you know, they're coming back saying, Oh, I feel so stupid. Or why can't I get this? And it's like, because you haven't learned to think in English yet. Right. You know, and, and in our case, a lot of the the challenges that the certification exam is also only available in English. So that's very demotivating to people if, you know, it, it's and and studies have shown over and over that IQ is a function of language skills more than anything. Um, if you're not conversant in a language, um, you're going to struggle and feel inferior.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And think about what that does for performance. So yeah. when you when you don't feel good about your, you know, about what you know, your performance is going to automatically go down. So this I mean this just a, affects people from from every possible area in an organization and not not the least being the fact that you can attract and retain talent that, you know, cuz labor shortages is a, is a real thing right now. Um and so like if you were able to put something in place and guess what word of mouth is the, still the best way to, you know, get your word out there about your company, could you not get you know a demographic of people that are like hey listen this hospital is doing this type of translation for us or this ho- doctor is doing that they're going to tell their friends they're going to tell their family and you know bring over talent to your organization if that's something that is is a problem for you now
0: yeah and i i'm just thinking again you know when when we're looking at organizations you know we're becoming more and more diverse i mean you know, how many languages and dialects do we cover with, with this tool?
1: It's 104 languages and a hundred dialects on top of that. Wow. And it's an AI tool. So it's continually learning um, new languages out there.
0: I, I love that. Cause I, I think, you know, again, I live in a, in a a very ethnically diverse neighborhood. I can go all day without hearing a word of English and, yeah. You know, sometimes I'm curious, it's like, what are they talking about? But, you know, (laughs) but just thinking about all of these people, they have lives, they have jobs, they go somewhere. Are they able to speak the language they're comfortable in? And, you know, just a little thing. But I was in line at a store the other day and there was a big, long lineup. And this elderly woman just walked up to the front of the line and she put her stuff down and she said, I'm here. And one of the people in line was very insistent that she go to the back of the line um and luckily somebody spoke the language and she was like oh she hadn't noticed the line whatever it was but you know the days of just speaking english are gone i think it's you know we, we we live in this very mobile world um you know and also i think you can look at entertainment you know the the training is just a big piece of it, you know, for the hospitals. But also, you know, think about patient welfare. If they can watch television in their language in their room, the patient's going to be happier for a longer stay. Um, Again, I I live in a world where hospitals used to rent you televisions for 25 bucks a day. I'm guessing (laughs) now it's more about Wi-Fi access. But, you know, people want to be included. They want to be in their personal language. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, it is fair. And I think that, um, you know, this is this is not a matter of, of should we do it? It's a matter of when are we going to do it? Because your competitors are already doing it, or some people in this healthcare space are already doing it. And so you want to make sure that you're kind of staying on top of that. And the fact that we're able to get it in, under, under less than what you currently are having to pay for it now, um, with it being AI, and then it's going to constantly be learning, and, you know, also, we will allow these organizations to do, like, a 15-day demo, where they can kind of see and feel it for themselves on their actual, you know, platforms that they have, either, either on the um, on the employee platform or their training platform, or even if they want to just you know utilize it with a short demographic of people that are coming into their facility and just see what the reception is, you know, we'll allow for that. So we definitely, you know, Jeff, I'm really, you know excited to be part of this this whole cunning edge type um, technology that's already out there. Because like you said, I'm a communications coach. That's what I do for a living. And I just love helping people communicate better. And this is what a better tool than to help include all the people that, you know, typically, maybe they feel like they are not getting something in their language and feeling a little bit left out of that or feeling like they're not getting the same care as somebody else. I mean, that's really, really important for them to feel that way. Uh, Not only to drive business back to that facility, but for the health and well-being of those individuals
0: well and, and let's be really really blunt here healthcare is a competitive industry if you're not attracting that multitude of of diverse people your competitors are going to say okay this is worth you know there's money in being inclusive and and i think we should all be inclusive for personal reasons and for right. for humanitarian reasons but from a profit point of view if you're not looking at how can we be more inclusive, I guarantee one of your competitors is. Is that a fair comment?
1: Fair, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're already you know partnering with people all over the all over the world, um, but specifically in the U.S. I mean, we're talking like very very large um hospital groups and you know just just because they see the value not just from a financial standpoint but from your point from a scalable profitability point um in the long term not just for today but long-term you know technology is going to help them continue to to grow and scale their business which is the name of the game if we're being honest
0: yeah, and, and from an employee point of view, um, I know this from my anecdotal experience. But happy employees bring their friends and family to work. You know, they they bring the next happy employee, and the more we can make them feel included and happy, the better we're going to do financially. But also, you know, you're going to reduce things like turnover. Like I, I just can't even fathom being the only employer in your neighborhood or in your community to say we've got 104 languages plus 100 dialects um, pick your training language like I, that just blows my mind that that can be done and you know for what it's worth I've worked with a lot of software companies having a second language is a giant colossal leap but yeah. if you can just easily add 104 pieces of of different languages different you know, a hundred dialects, that's phenomenal,
1: yeah, yeah, it really is. and it and it's and it's something that happens in seconds. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to take a long a long time to do it. Or if they're accessing this on a device and you've got the technology that's just on the front side of that training platform, then whatever their device language, that's how they see the language. You don't have to convert your entire website and the content on it. It's just going to convert whatever is coming through to that device when you download that website. So, I mean, it's time saving, it's money, you know, it's saving money, it, it's, you know, DEI, it's, it's all the things.
0: Picks a lot of boxes. And again, um, what I'm hearing from this is they're getting better options for less than the traditional, you know, employee on hand, you know, we, we need because I, I can't imagine when you're in an emergency room setting when seconds count, waiting for your translator to come in or to call in or whatever. Um, you know that's a a delay that we might not be able to afford. Agreed. Um, but also from an employee point of view, you know, waiting for the translator to get through. I know people who translate documents. um there's a huge time commitment there,
1: sure. I mean, think about it from just surgical centers, you know. You've, you've got to have everything signed off when you acknowledge before you go in for anesthesia or you acknowledge the doctor needs you to sign something or you're signing the medical waivers. You have to make sure that they're signing that in their native language so, or they need to hear the information in their native language um, in order to agree to it or it's not legally binding and, and they're not taking the liability of knowing what the risks are you are actually putting it back on on the facility so it definitely it definitely ticks a lot of boxes and some of them we haven't even talked about today but they you know it's it's you could see where this could go deep and wide for an or, a healthcare organization um and just just having the conversation around it you know let's just see if it makes sense for your organization to even implement yeah. something like this
0: I love it. Well, Shelly, I could talk to you about communication all day and uh, out of respect for your time, I won't. So um, (laughs) is there anything I should have asked you that we should have talked about that I haven't?
1: I don't think so. I just am here as a resource. You know, you can reach out to me. Um, My email is Shelly at ShellyStarks.com. I'm happy to, you know, talk to anybody that is looking to find out more, would like to see a demo, would like to discuss what that could look like for your organization. And I just thank you very much, Jeff, for always being such a supportive networking friend. And, um, you know, I'm I'm just thrilled to know you and know your network. So thanks for having me on again.
0: Awesome. And I'll put your uh, LinkedIn profile below so people can connect um i say this sincerely i'm absolutely fascinated by um fascinated and terrified i think ai can do some really interesting things and i think as a species as a you know we owe it to ourselves to figure out how ai can help us and i'm really excited by the language piece because i think a lot of you know conflict comes from not understanding and and you know speaking the different languages is one way to elevate it. So Shelly, I want to thank you for hanging out with me and being a repeat guest on the show so quickly. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you, Jeff.
0: to your wellness.